Well, hello again and welcome in wherever you are today and wherever you're listening from. I'm so happy to have you over to feast upon God's word together. Get your plate ready today and take a seat. It's the 44, which is Matthew 4, 4. Man cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Let's eat. I'm your host, Jed Yancey, from the Central Church of Christ in Ocala, Florida. And um, man, we had such a great time this last week here at Central, or at least I think we did. (laughs) It's not over yet, talking about uh, pursuing peace and aiming for harmony. And as I've said several times throughout the year in our time together, our focus this year has been all about building off the Greek word koinonia. So if you follow us on Facebook, you likely see a daily verse that goes with each week's theme as we work towards this deeper sense of connectivity, um, this deeper sense of, of community and fellowship And so, anywho, this week was all about pursuing peace, and we dove deep into Romans 14, which is a a pretty challenging piece of text to talk about, this pursuit of peace. But when we think of of peace, like, you know, you talk about something we need in the worst of ways right now, right? Like, it's, um, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? And I I can't name anything I own with a screen that doesn't just flood me over with all the news about a lack of this word peace. It's all over. Uh, There's division. There's fighting. Like, what is the answer to all this? I mean, I got to be honest. I don't don't know. Uh, But what I do know, or rather what I can eat on or read from God's word, in regards to my role in this beautiful word peace, I can show you and would like to share with you today. And we'll get there, but first let me ask you, like, do you, or do I, do we really desire peace? Peace amongst brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, peace with, with people I mean, we sure act like it, don't we? Like, we want that. We say that is what we want. But then when it comes to our actions and what we say and how we handle situations, does it back up what God's will is for our lives when it comes to this word peace? That's tough, right? And can I make this even harder on you? Like, listen listen to some of this from God's word. Romans chapter 14, verse 19, we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. Romans 12, verse 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Mark chapter 9, verse 50, salt is good, but if the salt becomes unsalty, with what will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. First Thessalonians 5.13, short one. Live in peace with one another. Second Corinthians 13, verse 11. Finally, brethren, rejoice, be made complete, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness faith, love, and peace. 
Yeah, most of us in response to hearing these, or maybe you're following along and, and reading them for yourself. I, I know that was quick, but you would say to that, well, not me. <laughs> like, I'm that guy that has to be right. I, I don't, Jed, I'm not going to live like that. I, I impose my will. It's always who I am. It's who I've been. And so, you know, this last Sunday, I spoke on and taught some Romans 14 in the context of that chapter, which was, you know, listen to this part, pursuing peace in the midst of an opinion or a scruple. Uh, there's a whole lot more to that than, than just that. But, but then you look at Romans 12 as Paul deals with sin and he says the same thing about pursuing peace even there. So... Do you disagree with someone over a matter of opinion? We see that all the time, right? <laughs> the Bible says pursue peace. Well, has someone done you wrong and they've sinned against you and, and you know, you'd like to retaliate because you hate what they did? Don't do that. Pursue peace. So what's going on, man? Like, what, what's happened to us? Why is our world anything but peaceful when the Bible clearly teaches that peace is important and should be? More than that, how do I actually pursue it? Let me give you a few things for your consideration on this for your 44 today. Number one, there will always, always be things that we disagree over. And sometimes it's best to just accept that and be at peace with that and respect that, especially over matters of opinion. Tucked away there in Romans chapter 14, beginning there in verse 10, we can read that sometimes it's best when faced with a situation you know is not going to end well to just leave each other alone. We have a hard time doing that these days. And honestly, I think that's what Paul is encouraging these Jews and Gentiles he's speaking to and trying to bring together to do. Like, guys, come on, over these opinions and scruples for them back then, we learn in that chapter it was eating of meat and keeping of days. Like, like over these things, just drop it, man. Lay off each other. They're going to answer to God. You're going to answer to God. So, so what's important right here and right now is not drawing lines and saying, get in or get out, or this is right and this is wrong, and I'm right and you're wrong. What is important is saying, you know what, brother, I disagree with you, but I still love you, and we're going to grow together. We're going to unite together. We're going to worship together. We're going to love together. All the same togethers that Paul had in mind for the Jews and Gentiles when he wrote this letter to begin with. Uh, how else can we pursue peace? Well, let me take this a step farther. It's, it's not just drop it and leave them alone. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 13, like if food, one of these things that's talked about in Romans 14, causes my brother to stumble, I will never eat meat again. Now, Paul is talking here about food sacrificed to idols and how not everyone at that time had the knowledge to know, you know, it's kind of whatever, because there's no winning of God's approval by what we eat. And so anyways, what Paul speaks to here is this liberty that he or they or even we have to do things that aren't right or they aren't wrong, and yet that very thing I have the liberty to do may end up being the wrong and, and not 
the wrong thing to do and not be a good thing to do because it could potentially cause my brother to stumble. Now, I'm, I'm not going to play the game of, of give us some examples, but I'll say this. Like you, you look back at verse 13 again. If food causes my brother to stumble, I will never eat meat again. Do you see that and do you hear that? And yet I wonder how many of us take the approach that is this way. If, if something causes my brother to stumble, I will continue to engage and argue and fight over that thing until blank or when blank. Like, I don't know, until you're satisfied with how you made them feel. Um, maybe until you completely destroy the relationship. Is it, I'm going to continue to to push the envelope until I make my point? Until they move to my side of things? Like, do you hear all the you, the me, the my, the I? Y'all, this, in my opinion, um, you know, the only point that we really need about pursuing peace is that it's just not all about me. And Paul is the perfect example of this. Because of the next point we can read about in chapter 9. Uh, 1 Corinthians um, chapter 9, beginning there in verse 19. Um, let me read all the way through verse 23 for you. So this might be a little lengthy reading, but I think it's necessary. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning there in verse 19. It says this, even though I'm a free man with no master, I've become a slave to all to bring many people to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I'm not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who were under the law. When I'm with the Gentiles who do not follow Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. But I don't ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I'm with those who are weak, I share their weakness. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I, I try to find common ground with everyone doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Paul does all things for the sake of the gospel? Wait a minute. Like, he, he doesn't do all things for the sake of himself? No. So let me ask you, do, do you, do we, do I do all things for the sake of the gospel? Or do I do it for the sake of me? You can see it's it's no wonder why there's no peace around us. There's no peace here because we do or I do all things for the sake of me. Like that's how most of us live. But you see, we got to be different. And we've got to understand it's not about me. You look at what Paul says next. This is a pretty well-known uh, chunk of text, 1 Corinthians 9, beginning in verse 24. Don't you realize, he goes on to say, that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. 
So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. Like, run in such a way that you can win. But win for yourself, win for you. No, if you're doing all things for the sake of the gospel, then you're winning for Christ. That's what you're in pursuit of. That's what we need to be about. And as Paul already said in chapter 8, like I have to be willing to let go of some stuff that I know is really not all that important in order to win a soul. He goes on to talk about everyone that competes in the games exercises self-control. I'm convinced that self-control plays a major role in the pursuit of peace. You see, so much like the best athletes on this planet— as Paul is kind of talking about athletes here, like on the daily, they have to avoid or they have to have some self-control when it comes to certain things in order to be the best that they can be. In much the same way, this pursuit of peace requires much self-control and discipline on our end, which seems impossible nowadays because we just jump right into what everyone else is doing And I think what Paul is trying to get across to these recipients that we can now learn and apply is no different than what I said before. Be different. Be different than the world. So does your brother stumble and and does your relationship hang in the balance every time politics is brought up? Man, leave it alone. Do you feel like every time you insert your opinion, it creates an ordeal that that you would describe as anything but peaceful? Leave it alone. You see, even though you might be a thousand percent right on something, it surely isn't going to go anywhere if it's forced down someone's throat and I come in hot and I'm yelling and screaming. That's how the world does things. And so again, we got to be different. So guys, do do you want peace? Do we want peace? Like, do we truly, really want that? I think a large part of that is being mindful of these things. Like, whatever you do, do it for the sake of Christ, for the sake of spreading the good news to more. If it doesn't benefit that, then we need to leave it alone. Exercise self-control. Some of us, that means we need to to talk less. Others, we need to watch less or scroll less and refuse to be conformed to the patterns of the world. And then know what race we are really running. Understand that the stuff here that we think is so super important on this earth really is not. We got to be different. We can't be like everyone else. We can't be what we see on the news and on social media every day. And I'm sorry, I got to leave you with with one more little bonus 44 uh, that, that just really popped up this morning. I've been walking my way through reading Joshua, and I finished that. I'm on to Judges, and this morning I'm reading about Gideon in, in Judges chapter 8. And I won't go into all his story except to say that for a time— there was anything but peace in, in what we can read about there. There's war, there's fighting, there's killing, there's chaos. And, and why was that, if you know that story? Well, if you've read it, you know there's a pretty steady pattern throughout the book of Judges. The Israelites 
take their eyes off God. They put their hope in other things. They worship other gods. It turns to chaos and unrest. It's anything but peaceful. But then God sends these judges. Names like Othniel, Deborah, Gideon, Ehud. And the the short version is they all do what they do and then the land is undisturbed or there is peace for X number of years. Well, why is that? Because their eyes are set on God and these people go back to him. They forgot so many times how good God was to them. They sin, which leads to chaos. Then they cry out to him to save us, and he does. Then there's peace until the pattern repeats itself over and over again. With Ehud, there ended up being 80 years of peace. Othniel, uh, peace for 40 years. Deborah, another 40 years. Gideon, another 40 years. Man, I'm afraid more than just pursuing peace from an individual standpoint, that collectively we lose sight sometimes of just how great God has been, not just to me, but to all of us. And our eyes and our focus moves over to all this other junk. And and then we're surprised by the fact that we now live in a land of unrest, a land of no peace. Man, do, do you want peace? Like, do you really want it? Not just for yourself, but I mean, let's say for this country, for this world, not that you have to copy me, but I've been praying lately that God would not delay in doing the very thing he did for these Israelites. Lord, save us. Send us a judge. We're so messed up. It's so not peaceful. Send someone to lead us out of this mess and help move our eyes back to you and back to your son. Because honestly, true peace, individually or collectively, whichever one you want to go or talk about, that can be found nowhere else but right there. The Bible tells us, here as we close, that we are wise to be people that are in pursuit of peace. And I pray we all take that to heart and relentlessly pursue this beautiful word, peace. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I love you. I'll talk to you next week with part two of Pursuing Peace. I promise it'll be shorter than this one. Have a great week.